You're listening to Deliberate Living, a podcast that inspires, empowers, and encourages listeners to live life more authentically. My name is Holly Priestley, and I'm a full-time nomad and writer who has been living in my 1997 Ford van since January 1st of 2019. I travel the United States with my dog, learning how to live with more authenticity. I explore different ways people choose to ditch the prescribed life we've all been sold and live on their terms, finding freedom and happiness however they choose. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Deliberate Living Podcast. I'm your host, Holly Priestley, and this week, by the time this goes live, it will be 2021. It'll be the beginning of January, and so I just wanted to do kind of a year in review um, of both you know, 2020 as a unique year in and of itself, and also for 2020 as my second year living full-time in my van. So basically three big things happened this year. Um, It was my second year living full-time in the van, and uh, right at the beginning of the year, I stumbled into a new relationship that has uh, maintained through the course of the year, and then also the global pandemic happened. Um, and between all of these things, you know, it was kind of a a weird year in a lot of ways. Um, good, bad, ugly, indifferent, all of the things. And, um, I've come up with some of the best things that I've learned from this year. I'm going to try and wrap them into four neat little categories. Um, but I mean, as anybody else who's lived this year knows, you can't really sum up 2020 in four neat little categories, or even one podcast, but I'm going to do my best. So yeah, two years ago, um, I had just packed up the van and driven away from Denver to head down to Quartzsite in uh, southwestern Arizona to attend the Rubber Tramp Rendezvous. One year ago, um, I had been stuck in the Pagosa Springs area um, waiting for a part for my van, so I couldn't really drive it. New places, um, I had been stuck for about a month, um, but then the part arrived and uh, I waited a few extra days you know, to get through the holidays and all of that, and then I took the scenic route down to Quartzsite again to attend the Rubber Tramp Rendezvous. This year, I have been in Arizona for probably about a month, um, bopping around and exploring familiar places and new places um, that I haven't seen before with my partner. Um, And by the time this goes live, I will have spent a couple of days with my folks. They're on an RV road trip themselves as well. Um, And whether or not we'll end up going to Quartzsite to attend the Rubber Tramp Rendezvous is kind of still up in the air. Um, maybe we will, maybe we won't, but, uh, either way, that was a big part of my previous two years, and, um, and I'm just not sure if I'm gonna do it this year. It kind of depends on how everything continues to shake out over the next few weeks. I kind of figured year two of living in the van, uh, would be more or less a continuation of year one, with the benefit of having learned all of the lessons that I did learn the first year. Um, I figured I would travel a bunch, work a bunch, travel a bunch, work a bunch, climb a bunch, go backpacking, go hiking, go exploring, meet new friends, hang out with my old friends, travel a bunch, you know, you get the gist. (laughs) Um, And while I did do some of those things, uh, I didn't do others of them at all. And also, you know, anything that I did do was significantly altered from my original vision that I had in my head of what this year was going to be. On the downside, everybody knows that 2020 was really freaking stressful. 
Um, my travel slowed considerably, partly due to the pandemic, partly due to personal preference, but definitely throttled mostly because of the pandemic. Uh, the world shut down in a really big way. Um, I changed my business practices and my goals, and I didn't earn near what I thought I was going to earn at the beginning of the year when things were looking really, really positive. I didn't climb hardly at all. I only went on a couple of backpacking trips, and uh, I barely got to see my old friends. On the plus side, 2020 did allow me to meet someone who was worth changing a lot of my plans for so that we could try to be together during a hectic year and a hectic work schedule for both of us. I met so many new friends that I was able to build really strong relationships with. Um, and I surprised myself by taking and actually enjoying what I'm calling an accidental sabbatical. Um, and so, you know, the year had a lot of pros and a couple of cons. And uh, it, it is what it is. So what are those four lessons uh, that I learned living um, my second year in my van? The first one is that Slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Slow travel was where I was headed after 2019, but I didn't mean to make it quite this slow. <laughs> um, there were huge benefits to driving less, of course, um, and you know, soaking in a campsite and a location a lot more. Uh, I paid far less in gas than I did the previous year. The van had to be taken to the mechanic a lot less frequently. Um, and I found a lot of joy exploring like back roads and avoiding highways and stopping in small towns and stuff safely with masks on and sanitizer in my pocket and all of that. Um, and a few times over the course of the year, I did have to travel rather quickly to get places, um, you know, travel a couple thousand miles over just a couple of days. Um, and I kind of regretted having to do that when that did happen. Whereas in 2019, I did a ton of driving and I was constantly driving and my daily routine in 2019 was basically wake up, have my morning routine, work for a few hours until, you know, like 12 or one, drive for two or three hours, explore a little bit more, camp for the night, wake up in the morning and do it all over. So I was driving almost every day in 2019 and in 2020, that was not the case, but by slowing down, I was able to more quickly you know, acclimate to a new location and really like soak up like the wildlife that would come around or the nuances in the weather or uh, the ground or, you know, being able to go running and see things from a different angle um, and not just from the road. And that was all really, really nice. The second lesson that I learned um, was that road romance is excellent. Um, it's really great and it's 100% challenging. Um, I met Logan in January at the Rubber Tramp Rendezvous. And we started dating in February. Um, and I'm really, really grateful to have met him. And yes, traveling as part of a couple has been easier in some respects um, than traveling alone was. Um, he will make breakfast and I will do dinner. And then, you know, whoever doesn't cook does the dishes. And it's it's nice to have two kitchens, two pantries, two coolers, two vans worth of toys. You know, he has... Uh, a lot of board games and like sup boards and stuff and I've got climbing gear and backpacking gear and my own set of adventure tools that I like to have with me and so not having to combine all of that into one little van has been really nice. And there's a lot of truth to the quote that, you know, life is best when shared. You know, there's a lot of uh, joy that comes out of having somebody to share your adventures with you. 
At the same time, having to take another person's preferences into consideration when you're making travel plans can be really stressful. That wasn't something that I really had to deal with before. Um, in 2019, I did caravan a little bit, but I was mostly on my own, which was really nice because if I woke up and I wanted to drive right away, I could. I didn't have to wait for somebody else to wake up or be ready or any of that. Um, I had my own process for grocery shopping and for eating and cooking and cleaning and everything else. Uh, I am a morning person pretty strongly and he is a night person equally as strongly. Um, I have a dog and he is used to, you know, being alone and not having a pet. And we were both really accustomed to living kind of like the wild and free bachelor lifestyle. So coming together as a unit has been a process, as any relationship will be. But altogether, I think it's been mostly a good one. Uh, before I met Logan, I had been single for a few years. Um, and when we first started dating, I had a really big like, identity crisis. Um, I was a strong, independent, single woman who didn't need a partner, and now I had one. And did that somehow make me like a fraud? Was I not as strong of a woman now because I had a partner? Um, you know, I had this really big divide in my head for who I was. And then having a partner felt like it was changing it. And it was like cleaving a part of me away. That now I was part of a couple and I wasn't just a strong, independent woman who don't need no man or woman or whatever. <laughs> and it was... It was a really big uh, puzzle to work out in my head. And it's not 100% worked out, of course. But that was a huge issue for me. I had to relearn how to be in a relationship. And I had to do it while we both live in vans. Um, we had differing agendas. And we were navigating a pandemic, which, you know, obviously made everything easier. Uh, I've learned new ways to communicate and new ways to like come together, new ways to press on and let go and making sure I get what I need out of the relationship and then also giving what I can as well to make it healthy for both of us. It's been a really huge growth opportunity um, and I'm grateful for it and I'm excited to see what the next year uh, together brings for both of us. The third lesson from my second year living on the road is that self-sufficiency is more than just carrying your home with you all the time. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm arguably a pretty self-sufficient person and I always have been, um, you know, pretty independent and able to take care of myself. And then when I moved into the van, I thought I was even more self-sufficient because I drove my home everywhere I went. Um, and I have systems and processes and tools and tricks and all of these things that I use to keep myself alive and healthy and safe and happy. Uh, I have a kitchen and a bedroom and a bathroom and an office and a living room and a closet and an attic and a car all within, you know, 60 square feet. Like, how is that not self-sufficient? Um, but I tell you what, the pandemic swooped right in and showed me how many weak spots I actually had in my notion of self-sufficiency. With the closing of gyms and rec centers and coffee shops and breweries and libraries and, you know, a million other places that I enjoyed hanging out and found a lot of my own resources, 
I didn't have them anymore. And then I had to come up with new ways of doing the same stuff. Um, sure. You know, in 2019, I had a solar shower set up and I had used it once or twice, but I didn't really like it. Um, it wasn't perfect and it left me feeling, you know, grimy and dirty still. So this year I had to really dial that in and figure out a system that worked because I couldn't get showers everywhere else. You know, I couldn't just roll up to a truck stop or a gym and get a shower because they were all closed due to the pandemic. You know, sure, I had my seven-gallon, like, water container with me all the time, and that helped me be off-grid, but it wasn't really enough to get me through an entire week, and so I had to buy another one in order to be able to do my slow travel more efficiently, Um, you know, along with the social distancing and the quarantining that really came in hot this year, and, like, I was used to being alone, and I'm an introvert, but this year showed me the importance of like having a community, uh, even if it's virtual, even if it's digital, and how being able to relate to and commiserate with and, you know, cheer on others um, is a really critical part of being happy and healthy and, you know, self-reliant. Self-sufficiency doesn't mean that you don't need other people, um, but it does mean that you don't rely on them. So, Having a community is critical for your mental health, which is critical for your self-sufficiency. And it's really important to maintain those bonds, even if you don't get to see people all the time, even if you don't get to see them face to face. Even if you, some of my friends, I didn't even get to see this entire year. And that's insane. But that's how it was. And I know it wasn't just like that for me. The fourth lesson from 2020 was very much about camping and like finding places to live, essentially. Um, you know, if you don't want neighbors, you have to go places where others won't go. So in 2019, I learned uh, how to find really decent camping. Um, and I had my apps and I had systems and I knew what I was looking for all the time. And, and that took some process. You know, my, my first oh, probably two or three months in the van, there was a, a big learning curve for figuring that out. But then I did. Um, But then 2020 rolled in and, you know, people can't go places, they can't travel, they can't go to the movies, they can't go to the mall. So now we're having an influx of people who are trying to find new ways to entertain themselves. And a lot of that meant that people are going camping on public lands. And that's awesome, right? But, you know, any Forest Service or BLM or National Park employee will tell you that the crowds this year were really big. Um especially on public lands, especially where the camping is free. And that's great, but I like my space, Um, especially if I'm going to be someplace for a couple of weeks on end. You know, I don't necessarily want to be in a crowded, noisy place with, you know, a revolving door of cars around me. And on top of that, the uh, campsite finding methods that I had honed in on in 2019 were usually based on staying somewhere for only like one or two nights, maybe three nights. Um, but never for a week or two at a time. Um, and so staying in one place for longer means that my needs from that place shift a little bit. It goes from, this will work for the night, to can I do everything I need to do here for the next 10 to 14 days? Do I have enough solar? Do I have enough water? Do I have enough cell service? What are the temps going to be? What's the weather going to be like? Um, and so I've had to do a lot more research and 
evolve my systems so that I can answer all of those questions adequately so that I can stay in a campsite for longer. Um, I can put up with a lackluster campsite if I know that I'm leaving the next morning, right? Like I can be in a Walmart overnight if I know I'm leaving the next morning, but I wouldn't camp out at a Walmart for two weeks. Um, if I'm going to like hunker down and spread out and stick around, I want to like where I am. And uh, maybe that's why I live in a van in the first place, because it takes me a while to like a place. Um, I had to find new apps to augment my old apps, and I had to play around with new maps, and I had to learn new ways of seeing opportunities and reading what was in front of me to make sure that these new systems were going to work for my lifestyle now. My lifestyle, you know, in a pandemic, in a relationship, doing life in a slightly different way. This year has been anything but predictable, and I'm really glad that I was already well into my van lifestyle before the pandemic hit, before the relationship showed up, um, because I feel like that gave me some pretty firm footing to start out on. I think if I had hit the road January 1st of 2020 instead of January 1st of 2019, I think it would have been a lot harder because then you're navigating living in a van and having society thrown on its head. And so I'm glad that I already knew more or less what to do, how to survive. And so this year the rules changed, but I already had a pretty firm grasp of the playing field and I just got to learn, you know, new add-ons. <laughs> I think it was, it was great. Um, and I'm really excited to see what 2021 is going to bring. I'm not going to make any predictions um, because you just don't know. Um, I'm very excited for a new administration, for some kind of change in that way. Um, and I'm excited to see where my new relationship, well, I guess not so new. How long are they new for? I mean, it's been almost a year. Is that new still? I think that's probably still new. I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> I'm excited to see where that's going to go. I'm really excited to see what happens with my work this year, with my business and with my career. Um, and I want to know what you guys are looking forward to this year. What, A, what big things happened to you in 2020, whether they were good or bad or neutral. Um, and then also, what are you most looking forward to 2021? So just want to put in a special note here that for 2021, one of the new things that I'm doing with my business is offering mini sessions. These are 30 minute visits with me over Zoom where we can talk about just about anything you want, pretty much. Um, if you want to know how I make a podcast or know what tools I use for YouTube or you know, you're looking at a van and you want to get my perspective on it because I've done a lot of van shopping, even though I'm not in the buying market. I still like to keep an eye on, on what's happening out there. Um, if you want to get my feedback, if you want to ask me about a business that you're thinking about starting, if you want to tell somebody something exciting that, that I can celebrate with you, somebody who's like-minded um, or whatever, I'm offering mini sessions. There is a link in the description below. Um, as well as in the show notes. So that is new and exciting. Um, and as always, if you got something out of this podcast, I would love it if you would give us a thumbs up or a five stars, whatever it is on the platform that you're consuming it on. If you think someone else you know could benefit from this podcast or any of the other episodes, feel free to share it with them as well. And if you want to help offset some of the costs that go into making the podcast, I do have a Venmo and a PayPal set up as well. Those are also linked in the show notes. 
But I want to thank you all for helping me uh, get here to 2021. And um, yeah, the year anniversary of the podcast is coming up soon. So if you have something specific you want to see on episode 52, let me know. I'm looking for fun and exciting and creative ideas for that. And that's pretty rambly, so I'm going to let you all go. I hope to see you here again next week. Bye. We've reached the end of this episode of Deliberate Living. You can find the show notes and everything we referenced over on my website. And be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts on YouTube or sign up for email updates every time something new is published. I'll see you next time on Deliberate Living. And until then, keep your life on the DL too.